0: I'm loud, but I'm not that loud. Well, good morning. How are you guys? Okay, let's try that again. How are you guys? <laughs> After that worship especially, man, I was just like, I don't know. Because guess what? I'm preaching on anger <laughs> to go from worship like that to, we're talking about anger. All right. Well, how good is it, man, to worship together? And Ryan and his crew are just, oh, just love it. Just could Just bask in it all day. You know, just sit and simmer in it like a... Piece of meat and stew or something. I don't know. It's good. It's really good. That was supposed to be a compliment, but it didn't quite come out like that. I'm sorry. I hit the reset button. Reset. All right. Well, good morning. Um, we are going to talk about anger. Um, we are continuing our series on Star Wars, and um, as we, as Pastor Josh has covered over the last couple of weeks, you know, there's a lot of theology and philosophy inherent in Star Wars, and that wasn't on accident. Um, George Lucas was a a student of philosophy and world religions. And so he wove that into um, his characters and the plot lines and stuff. So so there is is tons of good material in Star Wars. And what we are going to be looking at today is anger, (laughs) the dark side of anger. Um, And we are going to – now, maybe – let me just tell you a quick background because it's pertinent to um, me teaching this morning and teaching on this specific topic. So – Pastor Josh asked me a couple weeks ago, he's like, you know, do you want to take a Sunday and preach on Star Wars? I'm like, yes. Yeah. So when I was praying and asking the Lord, I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? It was just, there was no delay. It was like anger. And I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to preach on? He was like, anger. I was like, oh. Uh. And so for those of you that don't know me, I am such a sweet, kind person. And I just get along with everybody. And I'm just, I I, I am imminently qualified to preach this sermon. And here's why. I have a perpetual short fuse. And I'd like to say it's because of how I was raised or my genetic makeup, because I'm Sicilian, Hungarian, and Japanese. So it's like the axis of crazy right there. But here's the cool thing. As I have been studying and preparing for this, man, here's the good thing about a great God, a loving Father that we serve. Man, God, I've been squirming. Like, when I've been studying, especially last night, you know, did the last push to study, and I had to take half an hour. Like, I'd study for half an hour, and then I'd have to take a break because it was like I'd read stuff, and the Holy Spirit was like, that's you, and I'd just kind of squirm. and I'd have to get up, and I'd have to walk it off. <laughs> and so, as I am... Um, speaking and, and, and sharing with you guys, I just wanna let you know, like I am primarily, my primary audience is myself, because I have growth to go in this area, you know? And so I want you to be encouraged though with what I have to say. Um, and maybe some of you are kinda like, I don't have anger issues, I'm not a hothead. That's okay, because guess what? Um, the average adult every day will have at least one episode of anger. So where your adrenaline kicks in, and your breathing starts to get a little shorter and quicker and your fists are kind of clenched a little bit and your body tenses up. You're going to have one of those a day and then a three or four three to five smaller episodes where you're just very extremely irritated or whatever and you're just like, you know, somebody cuts in front of you in line or I don't know. Like and you just you tense up, that reaction starts. We live in a society now where we are going so fast and furious that we kind of crawl on top of each other and we push each other out of the way. And then if it's not in public, somebody cutting in front of us in line, it's our kids, right? Because we're like, I asked you to clean that up 30 times. And by the 30th time, you're just like, you lose your, you just like pop your lid. You're just like, Pakak! and so <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I sound when I, when I pop my lid. <laughs> I sound like a chicken. But um, I, I just, You know, so Martin Luther, who started the Reformation, okay, I resonate with him completely because he just, he was this fiery guy for God. He was super passionate. And quite often, some of his associates would walk in on him. He was supposed to be studying or praying. And when he would pray, he would get mad at Satan. He would swear at Satan. He would just get so fired up. And so I just, he said, uh, Martin Luther has this great quote, and he says, when I am angry, I pray well and preach well. Well, let's hope for your sake that is true this morning because <laughs> I'm all fired up. <laughs> all right, so I want to introduce our clip, and here's what I want you to get from this. We can't be ruled by our emotions. Oh, yeah, you let it out, baby. You let it out. It's okay. <laughs> I feel you. It's okay, honey. <laughs> we, we can't be ruled by our emotions, we have to, as Christ followers, Jesus died on the cross, not that so we could live a mediocre life, but that we could live our best life. And that maybe sounds like Joel Olstein, but here's what I'm saying. Jesus died on the cross, and he's like, this, you were stuck in your sins and your misery and your junk. I have come to lift you up so that you resemble, there's a family resemblance, and that you look like my son, that is our primary focus while we're on earth. So if we struggle with anger issues like I have, and that becomes our focus, and we let that control us, that kind of blocks Jesus coming in, doing his stuff, doesn't it? And he's enough, the Holy Spirit is enough of a gentleman where he's not going to bust down the doors. Be like, let me in here. I'm going to rototill your heart. You need to be cleaned out. That's not how he works. We, he's like, I want you to want me to come in. I want you to partner with me. We gotta clean some stuff up. So, this clip that we're gonna see is from Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, so it's Star Wars 3, okay? And um, up to this point, we've kinda seen, okay, spoiler alert, because I know that there's, I don't know how, and I don't understand why. This is one of the mysteries of the universe, but there are some people there that have not seen the Star Wars trilogy, so I apologize in advance if you're like, what? Okay, in this movie and in this scene, Um, we see Anakin Skywalker, who's been mentored by Obi-Wan Kenobi, he is crossed over into the dark side, for lack of a better word. He's made certain choices all along the way, and it's led up to this one big scene where he kind of really just chooses which side he's going to be on. And he gets into this huge duel with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and and I want you to pay attention to Anakin's demeanor. And just, he's just like a raging bull. He is so filled with anger and bitterness and malice. And he's just, ah, uh, he just wants to get at it. He wants to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I want us to pay attention to it. Because there's some important key lessons that we're going to glean from it. Okay, let's roll it. If you're not with. I, you. I should have known the Jedi were plotting to take over Anakin the Palpatine is evil the Chosen One. It was said that you would destroy this Sith, not join them. Bring balance to the Force, not leave it in duck! my brother anakin i love Now, what we didn't see in this clip is that shortly after this, um, uh, uh, the Sith Lord, which is Senator Palpatine, comes, and he swoops um, Anakin Skywalker, who at this point has transformed into Darth Vader. He swoops him up in his spaceship, and he he takes him back to his lair, his evil lair, I guess, and puts him in the the Darth Vader outfit. And... um, There's some really key points that I want us to get. Now, I'm a a, I was a lit major. I was a lit and philosophy major. Super, super non-practical stuff, but it paid off in the end. (laughs) But um, there's just so much meaning and symbolism here. Okay, so one of the things I want us to get out of this is that anger disfigures. When Anakin, you know, gets ready to jump, and and Obi Wan's like, "Don't do it." He does it anyways. And his anger, it's like his brain is shut off and his anger is just propelling him forward. And it's like his anger put him in the line of fire. And Obi-Wan chopped his arm and his leg off and then he catches on fire. But it's like his anger is like symbolically represented with the fire. It just consumed him and burned him up and it disfigured him. And the ironic thing is, you know, Palpatine, you know, the Jedi, the Jedi order, it was about um, don't give in to your emotions, don't live by your emotions, don't be led by your emotions, you know. Be moderate, you know, and, and so palpatine. So you got palpatine on one side that's like they're lying to you, they're trying to give you a life that's less than 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 full, you know, they're trying to cheat you out of a good life. And the Jedi the Jedi order is like, no, you know, remember your training. Be moderate in your actions. Don't be led by your emotions. And the ironic thing is, Anakin thinks he can live a fuller life by giving in to his emotions, his anger, his rage, his, his passion. And it's funny because that is ultimately what is responsible for his downfall and for him becoming more machine than human. It's a, that's a big irony there. All right, so anger disfigures. Mark Twain has this amazing quote. Just nails it. And if you guys don't know who Mark Twain is, he was a famous, um, not historian, but American writer. Um, He said, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. And we certainly saw that in this very vivid clip. All right, so number two from this clip. Anger distorts our thinking. Did you see how Anakin is getting ready to jump up to meet, you know, the last scene there, to, to meet and take out Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan's like, don't do it. Tactically, I have the upper hand. Don't do it. But Anakin is just, he's so consumed with his emotion and with his anger. He just, all he can see is red, and all he can see is, is just chopping up Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what he wants. And he's just driven and propelled it's like there is no brain in there. It's just he's fueled by his emotion, fueled by his rage. And as I was preparing and studying for this, there are studies that show what happens, like, chemically to our brain when we get into a situation where we get angry. First situa- or The first thing is that our brain assesses a situation. And it's like, oh, danger, 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 anger. We're going to stay in fight. You know, there's the whole fight or flight. Well, the fight part of it's the anger. It's like, no, we're going to, okay, so adrenaline's released, cortisol's released, and what happens is that bypasses certain parts of your brain. It kind of like makes them dormant for a little bit. And the other parts of the brain that are responsible for action and defense, they light up. And so when we get angry like this, that's what happens to us. Now, we'll get into it later. I am, there, are, there are instances and there are cases where it is okay to be angry. Anger is, a, you know, a part of being human. And the Bible is, is replete with, with stories about, you know, godly anger and, and getting upset for the right reasons. We'll get into that in a second. But anger distorts our thinking when we ingest it and we internalize it it's like anger becomes our emotional beer goggles it seems like a good idea at the time right (laughs) and we go for it and then later it's like oh man what did I do why did I say that oh geez I can't undo that it's out it's done but at the time it seemed very good it seemed like a sure thing and that's the only thing that you could see. I want to show you guys this clip because I think it it perfectly illustrates um kind of this whole idea of what happens when our brain shuts off and succumbs to anger. Our rational faculties kind of go to sleep. Okay, so these just real quick it's this it's it's been on everything, Facebook, YouTube. These two guys in Austin, Texas had road rage and they just They get out of their cars, and they just go for it. All right, let's roll the video. Okay. Now, obviously, the lightsabers are not real, but the shorter guy actually got mad at the, the taller guy and came over to his truck with a bat in hand and tapped on the driver's side window, and the other guy gets out and reaches in the back of his truck for a giant stick, and they just go at it. And what we didn't see here, because this is a shorter clip, but the cars around them are trying to get out of the way because these guys don't care who they hit They're just going for it. There are many times where I wanted to do that, but I know rationally it's not a good idea. (laughs) So you just don't do it. These guys, like, their adrenaline and everything just shut down their brain. Their anger was in control. Their anger was driving the bus. They had emotional beer goggles on. And that's the danger when we function in anger. We're going to do stupid, stupid things like this. All right. And then the third point about this little scene here that we saw is that anger can separate. If we sit and we stew in it and we internalize it, it, it turns to poison and it separates. You know, Obi-Wan, and uh, this, this uh, clip here, you know, said, Anakin, you're my, you're my brother, I loved you. And I forgot, how, how old was Anakin when Obi-Wan got him, started training him? Little, right, like 10, okay? And it's like all of that is over in a split second. Because Anakin couldn't see past his his rage and his anger. So it separates him from Obi-Wan. But not only that, what we didn't see in, that came before this particular clip, but he actually, Anakin thinks that his wife Padme has been conspiring with Obi-Wan when, in fact, so she's, she's pregnant with twins, and she and Obi-Wan come to speak sense into, what's his face? Darth Vader. <laughs> and they're like, you know, you need to come to your senses. This is not you. You're good on the inside, but you're acting all kinds of crazy. And so Anakin, who just adores Padme and loves her, He gets so mad at her because he's like, you're in league with Obi-Wan, who's my enemy. He's a Jedi. And he starts to choke her with the Force. So she, she passes out and is unconscious. So he severs that relationship. She eventually dies from her injuries from him. So he's separated now from his wife. And then on top of it, he never gets to see his twins. He has severed that paternal relationship with his kids permanently. And it's ironic, of course, that later Luke is the one to kind of resuscitate that relationship. The son is. So it's kind of, there's just a whole lot of, totally nerding out here. There's just a lot going on. Anger, if it's not dealt with and put to rest, just, it's a relationship killer. And I'm not saying, I'm sure there are some of you out there, And I I speak from experience, too, that have been betrayed, been cut deeply by those close to you, best friends, um, family. Josh and I have our fair share of fights. Life is tough. And when we do life together, we're going to hurt each other. Maybe not on purpose. Sometimes it is on purpose. And I'm not saying you just shove that under the carpet and you're like, "Uh, it's all right. I love Jesus. It's supposed to be all good. No, God wants us to deal with our stuff He wants us to deal with our anger, but in the appropriate way, and we'll get into that in a second. All right, so can we get get the picture of anger? So what does the Bible say about anger? Is there an appropriate stance on anger? (laughs) So I just love this picture, because honestly, that's what I feel like most of the time on the inside. (laughs) Okay, there's a clinical term for it. It's called, um, for people that have short fuses, it's called high trait anger. So this is, so when we watch this movie, I, I think we've probably seen this movie at least 10 times. We just need to buy it at this point. Oh, we do. We own it now. Yeah, we do own it now because our daughter loves to watch this, and I always get a kick out of anger because I'm like, that's me on the inside On most days. Okay, but what does the Bible say? And, and I have this, there's this great quote by Joyce Myers, who's a, a, a female Bible teacher who's amazing, really great depth and insight. She says, you may have a good reason to be angry but don't use it as an excuse to stay that way. You know, it's okay to be passionate and to get fired up and to even have, um, you don't always have to agree and you're going to bump heads, right? But that can't be our persona. That can't be how, those are not the glasses through which we view life. Because who do we belong to? Who are we supposed to look like ultimately? Jesus. There must be a family resemblance in our lives, in our hearts, and that is to look like Jesus. All right, so let's look at this great verse. Uh, let me just say this too, real quick. Um, Matthew, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew, Matthew twenty-one, twelve through thirteen, um, and then John two fifteen. In John two fifteen, this is when Jesus gets mad at the money changers, right? Okay, so maybe we hear that and we're like, oh, Jesus was anti-capitalism. That's, no, that's not what was going on at all. What was happening was they had set up shop in the Gentile court, which meant that only Jews could come into the temple. There was no space for the Gentiles to come worship God. And Jesus, as the Lord of the temple, was peeved. Because what did, did he come just for the Jews? No. He came for the Jews and the Gentiles. And so Jesus was fired up. He was like, this is not okay. I did not, my work is not about just favoritism and catering to one people group. And that's why he was so mad. He was like, you're blocking the Gentiles from coming and worshiping me. That's not okay. So what's fascinating about this so the whole, you know, the, the in-depth account is uh, in Matthew 12, 12 through 13. But then in John 2, it's this little snippet, which is great. Jesus is like, he is angry, but he's in control of his anger. And he's got a game plan. He comes into the marketplace and he finds a bunch of ropes. And he ties them, he, he like uh, knits them together. He braids them together and he makes a, a mean whip out of them. He then takes that and he comes into the the marketplace and the the court of the the Gentiles and he starts whipping people and turning over the tables. And so I I use that to show that there is definitely a place and a time for anger. Now, there's no account, though, of Jesus going home and stewing on it and being like, oh, I am revoking salvation. That's it. I'm done. I'm so mad. Jesus dealt with it. He had righteous anger, dealt with it, got it over with, and left it. Okay? That is the model we are to follow. Jesus didn't walk into the money changers with the money changers and be like, oh, okay, I'm not supposed to feel anger. Oh, so, hey, this is okay. Okay, it's okay. I'm just going to. No, Jesus dealt with it. He dealt with it. And, and that takes courage to deal with your anger. And sometimes our default mode is because we're not used to dealing with our anger. Or maybe you're like on this side, you're like me, you've got a short fuse. Or maybe you're on this side and you're like, I, I anger is not my issue. Okay, or maybe you're in the middle and you're like, I avoid way too much. I have anger, but I don't deal with it. Anything on this spectrum is not ideal because God calls us to be authentic people. And if we're not being real and dealing with our stuff, Jesus can't work with us. We have to be emotionally healthy to have spiritual health, folks. That's how it works. We can fake it and look like we have it together spiritually. But if our home is a mess, if we are constantly screaming at our kids, let me just say I do my fair amount, don't I, honey? Yes, I do. Um, if we're constantly sparring and knocking heads with our spouses, with our coworkers, with our siblings, you get the idea. We got to look at ourselves and figure out how to take care of business. That is not a healthy model. And then we go to church and we we worship God and we pretend like everything's okay. That's not authentic living. That's not looking like Jesus. Jesus never faked it. He was the real deal. And that's the model we are to follow. All right, now, okay, so I digressed, and I showed you Jesus got mad. Now, I want to look at um, more of the doctrinal side of this. Okay, Ephesians 4, 26 through 32. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor Okay, we got to look at the qualifiers here because Paul was very deliberate. Every single word that he wrote counted. He wasn't like, oh, yeah, I guess that works. I'll just stick that in there. Paul was very articulate and very deliberate with what he wrote. And so when it says here in verse 31, is it let 50% of bitterness and wrath, let three quarters, what is it? What does it say? All, everything, every last drop. We need to give it to Jesus. 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, ooh, this is the hard one, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Man, we could camp out on here for a whole week. Who's with me? Anybody? (laughs) Okay, all right, so I'm going to try and and, uh, cover a lot of ground real quick. Okay, so first of all, notice in 26, does it say never be angry? No, it says be angry. And I, I, one of the reasons why I love the Bible, I was—it's it, just—it's there's a level of practicality about it that is just so refreshing. It's like this is life; you're going to step on each other's toes, people are going to say mean things to you, you're going to say mean things to other people. It's going to happen. But was it say, "Be angry and do not sin"? So it's like, yes, you're going to be angry. Don't camp on that. Don't make it your warm bed at night. Don't make it your comfort. That's not who you are. Okay, and give no opportunity to the devil in 27. I think it's fascinating, and I don't think it's accidental. When we are angry, like in 26 here, and we hold on to it, what does it do in 27? We give Satan a foothold. Now, in the Greek, the idea here is that you give Satan an incredible vantage point when you're angry, and you stew on it, and you ingest it, and that becomes your meal. And the idea is, like, Satan is, like, scoping out your life. You've given him entrance, and he's picking out a prime mountaintop to sit on with his goggles, or with his his binoculars, and he's looking for opportunities to mess you up. That's what anger does. It vacates the seat where we need to have Jesus sitting. And when we let anger in like this and we become best friends with anger and it becomes our comfort, our, our, our comfort and our identity, it throws the doors open to, to Satan and he's like, oh, I'm setting up camp. I've claimed this territory. As far as my eye can see is mine. I lay claim to it. And we cannot allow that. All right, now what's interesting too is, uh, verse 28, okay, so how do we counter the anger? Okay, so we got to deal with it, right? Don't go to sleep on it. And then also in 28, okay, it says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Now, Paul, unfortunately, is not alive, so we can't sit down and talk to him about this. But I have a theory. I think there is a link between verse uh, 26 where it says, be angry and do not sin, and in 28, but rather let him labor, do honest work with his hands. In all the research that I've been doing, there is loads and loads and loads and loads of information and legitimate studies that have shown that exercise and physical activity greatly diminishes our proclivity to anger. So, for example... They took these, um, these rats, okay, and this is a Princeton study. They took these rats, and they they did they had two studies, or t- two groups. They exercised one group of rats, and then they put them in high-stress environments. I don't know what is I guess, like if you have a cat coming at you or something, or it, would, it was something to, to push the rats, to get them angered. I don't know, I've never seen an angry rat. I've seen angry raccoons, but never an angry rat. Okay. <laughs> All right, so... And then they took the other group, and they just had this group that didn't get any exercise, okay? And they, they, they poked and they prodded at the, this other group of rats. Now, the group, what was fascinating was the group of rats, and then they tested them, they measured, their, they measured certain levels, and they looked at genes. I don't know how they do this. Like, rat brains are super tiny, right? But that's why I'm not a scientist, and these people are. They were able to get inside and look at the genes that are responsible in a rat's brain for triggering anger responses. And they saw that the rats that had been exposed to the exercise over a period of time, their genes that were responsible for triggering the anger response were mutating in a good way. And the rats that didn't have any exposure to any exercise their their cortisol levels and their adrenaline levels just kept going up and up. Another study that I read about about the benefits of being you know physical and just kind of how that helps us to manage. They took a group of guys that were um, what did I say? What's it called? That are short fuses, but in the vernacular, high trait anger. <laughs> These are all like like super like like roided out like. I don't know if they're bodybuilders, but just these guys that were like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, you looked at me wrong." Oh. Okay, so they took a group of these guys, and for one week, they they hooked them up so they could measure cortisol levels, adrenaline level, brain activity. They could see what part of their brain lit up. And so they showed them videos that kind of stimulated the fight or flight, you know, mechanism. And so they measured it. Of course, these guys had, you know, levels that were off the chart because they were just, they were short fuse guys anyways. Okay. Then what they did was the next week, they got the same group of guys, and they had them exercise for half an hour to an hour before showing the videos to them. Their everything, their cortisol levels, their adrenaline levels, how their brains fired was all different. It was lessened. And that the scientists were able to conclusively draw that the exercise was responsible for the lowered anger response. And so I, I keep that in the back of my head and I look at what Paul's saying here about labor. And I think there's truth, biblical truth here. Okay, and what's the second part? So if you struggle with anger, man, go out and walk, find a hobby, find a release so that your body can get into the habit of having that release. I have, and it has saved our marriage. (laughs) I still have a husband because of racquetball and working out. I mean, it's just, man, the other stuff I was reading, too, is that basically, in a day, we have X amount of legitimate rope that we can use. We can take a certain amount of people cutting us off, calling our mama fat and ugly, um, calling our, our kids backwards. Um, you know, we can only take so much, okay? And then what happens is we use that reserve up and then we start running on fumes. Chemically, mentally, and emotionally. We use our store up and that's it. We're done. And that's when it starts kicking in. We start, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. So yesterday, I left church here and it was 10, so it was late. But I was like, Del Taco, quick, fast. I'll zip in there and get a burrito. I get in there, there's only two cars ahead of me. I'm like, cool. And so I'm in there, and um, I order my burrito, and I get in line, and then, you know, there's other cars that start coming behind me. Okay, so I'm waiting for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Anyways, it gets up to half an hour, and I can't reverse and get out. And so I'm like, Jesus, you are giving me sermon material. So I'm like, I am going to read my notes. I will read my notes. Lord, help me just, okay. But what was funny was the guy in front of me totally lost his crackers, man. He just totally, he was beating on his dashboard. He was yelling out the window, lots of expletives. He just lost his, he just couldn't take anymore. He had come to the end of his rope. Okay, now that is the world that we live in, right? And so, I don't care if you're the calmest, most patient person, everybody has their tipping point. But as believers, Jesus says, I need you to be in control. Listen to this. Ecclesiastes 7:9 says, Be quick, be not quick in your spirit to become angry. For anger lodges in the heart of fools. There is a ton of scripture, you guys, about don't be angry. Okay, uh, Proverbs 17:27. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. God calls us to be even-tempered and steady. We can't lose our crackers in line in Del Taco. We may want to, but we can't. Or we may feel like getting out and doing a lightsaber duel with somebody that's just caused us road rage, but God calls us to something higher, right? We're in the business of being transformed. And we can't be transformed if we're like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm holding on to this. I've earned this anger. This is mine. This is mine. I've worked hard for it. I've spilt a lot of tears. I've lost a lot of sleep over it. This anger and this bitterness is mine. I've worked for it. Well, guess what? You can't catch anything with a closed fist. It's hard. (laughs) Try it. So Jesus is like, and 32. He's like, "Be kind to one another why?" No, not because we deserve it. But because I forgave you first. I was kind to you first. And what are we called Who are we called to look like? Jesus. And if Jesus did that, we are called to do that too. All right. Man, I have so much more, but I'm going to I'm going to end it. Can I have the band come up, please? and the ushers, I'm going to read um, a prayer. And as they pass the offering basket, you know, maybe just you could just bow your head or, or just say it with your eyes open, but speak to God. If you're, if you're struggling with anger and bitterness, you got to release it to God because God's like, I want to do stuff with you. You're my child. I want to love on you, but you're so hard. You have this shell around your heart, and I want to get in there. All right, let's pray for the offering, and I'll read this prayer. Lord Jesus, we joyfully give back to you. God, thank you for your ultimate sacrifice on the cross. God, in that while we were still sinners, you poured out your love and your grace to us and your forgiveness. So, God, this is a small way, this offering, to say, God, we love you. We bless you. Everything that we own, everything that we are is yours. We pray that you would bless this offering, God, and I pray that it would bring a huge smile to your face. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, let me read this quote as the offering basket goes around, or this prayer. And it's from this guy named John Bevere. He wrote this book called The Bait of Satan, and it is really good. And it's about not getting caught up in offense, you know, all right, this is, the, this is the prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I have sinned against you by not forgiving those who have offended me. I repent of this and ask your forgiveness. I also acknowledge my inability to forgive them apart from you. Therefore, from my heart, I choose to forgive. I bring under the blood of Jesus all that they have done wrong to me. They no longer owe me anything. I remit their sins against me. Heavenly Father, as my Lord Jesus asked you to forgive those who had sinned against him, I pray that your forgiveness will come to those who have sinned against me. I ask that you will bless them and lead them into a closer relationship with you, amen. I pray that if you said that, you meant it. And sometimes, like, the stuff that we wanna leave sticks to us, right? But you got to keep laying it at the feet of Jesus. Laying it at the feet of Jesus. Laying it at the feet of Jesus. Because sometimes it becomes enmeshed in us. But we serve a good God. We serve a God who's like, I'm in the business of renewing minds and hearts. That's what I do. Because there's power in the cross, folks. And I want you to go this week knowing that. So if if you prayed this and you believe it, leave it here. Leave it here. And maybe... Maybe you're like, I want to, but it's sticking to me. Ask Jesus. Say, God, give me the strength to just cleave it from me. Cut it from me. I want it out. Lord, bless you guys. Know that you have a God who loves you and a Father who wants to dote on you. Go with God. Have a great week, you guys.